The biggest problem with Chinese stocks. Evergrande is only a symptom of a much bigger issue. After weeks of Chinese stocks getting battered by a range of new government policies and the rapidly unraveling real estate sector, big-time investors like BlackRock are starting to sound the all-clear. At first glance to an investor, China appears like a wonderful combination of bright lights, massive growth rates, and unending opportunities to make money wherever you look. However, not everything is exactly as it first seems. In fact, the current financial problems experienced by Evergrande is only one symptom of a much more serious underlying problem, the Chinese Communist Party. Investors, beware. A couple of weeks ago I published an article here on Medium in which I contemplated the possible buying opportunities the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, cracked down on various economic sectors had created in China. In that article, I recommended extreme caution. Does that mean all the technology stock selling is over and we should expect a rebound? Not necessarily. It is possible Beijing will press release even more new regulations aimed at undercutting the independence of Chinese tech firms. It's also possible there is so much fear in the markets, stock prices will continue to fall. Again, I don't want people to necessarily shy away from a good investment if they think they can make money. However, I feel there is a sense that investing in China is no different than investing in North American or European stocks. Western investors still seem largely unaware of the dangers inherent in the Chinese financial system. These misconceptions aren't helped by investing experts like Warren Buffett and Larry Fink suggesting the Chinese stock markets are safe. Why the Chinese real estate bubble is a house of cards. China's real estate sector took many years to grow to its currently unsustainable valuations. China is now easily the most unaffordable place for local people to buy real estate. Evergrande's current inability to meet its debt obligations, and as of this week, Chinese developer Fantasia's $315 million missed payments to lenders, is simply the unavoidable consequence of a financial system as fake and as rotten as the ghost cities that litter the Chinese landscape. For many years, the only surefire way to make big investment returns in China has been by investing in real estate. Essentially, there is nowhere for investment money to go for the average investor, since moving money out of China is next to impossible if you aren't a senior Communist Party member, and the stock market is too unpredictable for most. This lack of investment opportunities caused average investors to speculate on new property developments instead. How investment properties get developed. Local governments lease land, for 70 years, to developers. Developers draw up the architectural plans and sell units in yet-to-be-built properties to eager investors. Using the down payments from investors and money borrowed from banks, developers build the units. Finally, after construction is complete, investors take possession of the units, pay for the unit generally with borrowed money, and start paying their mortgage payments. However, investors rarely live in the units and in fact, a great many of the units are never rented. Apartment units in China are sold as empty concrete boxes. There is nothing in the unit except wires and plumbing sticking out from the walls. It is up to the buyer to finish the unit. However, investment units are never finished because unfinished units typically resell at higher prices than finished units. This is in fact, how ghost cities are created in the first place, simply no one moves into the buildings, sometimes for years, sometimes never. This realization has led to unscrupulous developers building ever more shoddy construction. In the West, we hear the propaganda about Chinese builders being able to build a hospital in days or a new tower in only a couple of weeks. However, 
China has never been known as a beacon of building excellence. Due to local corruption and developer greed, some of these ghost cities are so shoddily built, they start falling into serious disrepair, sometimes in less than a decade. However, this has not seriously dented the real estate market in China. The market has remained so hot for so many years, buyers will purchase a previously owned unit, sight unseen. Often buyers of used properties live very far away from the investment properties they are buying and have no way of knowing the property they are buying is in good condition or if it should be demolished for safety reasons. Therefore, the house of cards keeps growing larger. Local governments demolish the houses and crack the heads of local farmers to seize the land. The seized land is leased to developers. Developers pre-sell the proposed units. Units are built and investors flip the property in a year or two to the next sucker. As property prices rise in the larger cities, investment becomes impossibly expensive for the average Chinese investor. This creates a need for new land to be seized further away from the big cities, and the cycle continues. In fact, the real estate market got so out of hand, new government restrictions were announced last August, aimed at cooling the rampant real estate speculation. However, the new restrictions had an unexpected consequence. The combination of a slowing economy and the lack of new investment money has exposed many Chinese developers for what they really are, Ponzi schemes. Without the constant flow of new investor money, developers like Evergrande and Fantasia don't have the cash flow to complete the construction projects they are already obligated to build, much less pay back the enormous sums of debt they've accumulated over the years. One might ask, how the heck did things get so out of whack in the first place? The Chinese Communist Party the currently unfolding real estate disaster is only a symptom of a much bigger problem, the Chinese Communist Party, CCP. Former business insiders like Desmond Shum claim the Chinese Communist Party is run like a criminal organization. Rules can arbitrarily be changed at any time with little or no warning. Desmond's story is an interesting one. Desmond was born in Hong Kong. He studied in the US and was sent back to China in the 90s by the investment bank he was working for at the time. Coming from Hong Kong and educated in the West, Desmond wrongly assumed business in mainland China functioned in a similar way to business everywhere else in the world. It does not. According to Desmond, the single biggest difference is how you build your business network. In the West, a business owner might think about all of the contacts they know and consider how these contacts might be able to help bring new customers to the business. In mainland China, a business owner must consider and anticipate the needs of powerful people in the Communist Party and figure out a way to do favors for the Communist Party member. If you are very lucky and anticipate the needs of your Communist Party patron perfectly, they might, in turn, recognize the favor and perhaps, sometime in the future, throw a corrupt deal your way. Of course, with a significant kickback going to the Communist Party member, Desmond estimates perhaps as much as 30% of company profits gets kicked upstairs to the Communist Party by every single business of any significance operating in China. Any business of any significant size has a Communist Party member assigned to the company. Company presidents are already Communist Party members but this isn't enough. All decisions made by Chinese company presidents must be run by the Communist Party secretary appointed to the company. According to Desmond, it's like having a co-president working with you and skipping the explicit approval of the Communist Party secretary for any major decision has serious consequences. What this ultimately means is, all of those corrupt deals to seize the land of farmers, all the corrupt deals to pre-sell substandard construction projects, all of them have the approval of the CCP either directly or indirectly. 
The CCP's own corruption has created the currently unfolding real estate debacle. The CCP's ongoing corruption will inevitably lead to more massive financial disasters in the Chinese economy. Some in the West wonder why the CCP would continue to allow such corruption to eat away at the foundations of their economy. The answer is simple, the CCP has never given a damn about the economy or the welfare of the average Chinese citizen. The only thing the CCP is interested in is maintaining its grip on power. The money and the corruption are simply tools to keep the whole system and people in line. Final thoughts. Will a serious breakdown in the Chinese real estate sector bring down the entire Chinese economy or even the world? Never say never, however, based on recent history Evergrande is likely headed for a restructuring rather than a chaotic collapse. A restructuring similar to HNA seems likely. HNA is a Chinese airline group that declared bankruptcy in January 2021 after becoming unable to service the $170 billion in debt it had accumulated over a number of years. Nevertheless, Evergrande is just one more warning shot for investors to take note of. Another warning that the entire Chinese system is nowhere close to operating with the same mentality and the same rules that govern Western business practices and financial markets. Again, I don't want to dissuade people from investing in great opportunities. But before following BlackRock's advice to investors to triple allocations to China, investors should consider the following. There's a very real possibility that every number you're analyzing in your favorite Chinese stock is fraudulent. Every successful company in China is ultimately under the direct control of Beijing. The rules for doing business in China and investing in Chinese companies could turn on a dime, at any moment, without warning. Disclosure, please seek professional advice before making any investment decisions.